0: Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Liz. You know, you may not know this. Uh, Jacob wouldn't want me to share this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, Jacob wrote that song. And one of the things I love uh, about what we just heard and what we partook of together in worship was a, a living example of what God has been teaching us in this series. We're in a series entitled Entrusted. God has given us so much, he's entrusted so much to us, that he is calling us to trust him with what he has blessed us with. I remember it's been over a year ago now that uh, Jake and I were meeting, and, and he said, uh, Brady, I, I feel like God is stirring me to use my gifts and my, my abilities to, to serve others. And, and so we talked together, and, and out came from, from the Lord this idea of, of, of David's song, Song of David. And Song of David is a music ministry that comes out of Grace Point Worship Arts that, that Jacob helps lead. And it's not just an opportunity for for uh, Jacob to lead, but his heart was, could I could I be a part of creating opportunities for others to use their gift for the Lord? That's stewardship. That's responding by trusting God with what he's entrusted to us. Now imagine if Jacob would have said, yeah, I, I could do that, but I don't want to. We would have had a very different team leading us today. Imagine if Jacob would have said, well, I, I have this in my heart, but but I don't know that I want to put that to paper. I don't want to share that. But I don't know if you heard a line or two in there. Take my passions and use them for your good. I offer up my life as a sacrifice to you. I want to be more like you. That is the heart that I believe God is calling us to in this series. So I want to invite you take your Bible uh, and, and turn your device, to your Bible. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 12. <laughs> Ready we're gonna go through chapter 22 like i'm serious. We can do this together now We're not gonna read all of it There's gonna be some summary But I want you to have your bible open in front of you uh, genesis chapter 12 or your device navigated to genesis 12 We'll be there in a minute and grab your outline. I think this will bless you today You can kind of follow along where god's gonna take us but in case you have been gone uh, Some of the last couple weeks, let me bring you up to speed in three or four minutes just a quick review of where god Has taken us We've been in this series entrusted. We've been entrusted with so much that God calls us to trust Him with everything. We've been using this acrostic that's commonly used by many pastors uh, with the word trust to look at this idea of stewardship. Taking an inventory. Recognizing God as the source of everything we have. Last week we looked at understanding God's principles. Today we're going to look at surrendering everything to God. and, And next week, testing God's promises. And in this, we've looked at these three attitudes, remember? The first attitude is the attitude of an owner, okay? The owner says, it's mine. I own it, Chris, and I'm responsible for it, but I am not accountable to you for it. I own it. It's mine. It's my truck. I'm responsible for it, but I'm not accountable to you for it. I'm the owner. It's mine. That's one attitude. We have also talked about the other attitude, the attitude of of a customer. The customer says, it's not mine. I don't own this. I am not responsible for it, and I will not be held accountable for it. Sometimes we think about our relationships or the good news of Jesus in this way. And then the third attitude, the attitude that Christ is calling us to, is the attitude of a steward or a good steward or an attitude of one who's been entrusted and now trusts God with what he's been given. And this attitude says, none of it's mine. But I am responsible for what's been entrusted to me, and I will be held accountable for what's been trusted to me. In our first week, we we took an inventory and we saw that that good stewardship or, or being entrusted and trusting God, it's not just with our money. We are to be good stewards of our heart. We are to guard our heart. Be careful with what we take into our heart. We are to steward our heart. We are to be good stewards of our body. God has blessed you with a body, whether it's working the way you hope or not. He has blessed you with that body, and how we take care of it is a matter of stewardship. He's not only blessed us with a heart and with a body, he's blessed us with our time. He's blessed us with abilities. He's blessed us with money. He's blessed us with relationships we have. He's given us the very good news of Jesus, and we will be held accountable. We are responsible for what's been entrusted to us. Our second week, we looked at that R. We saw how we need to recognize that God is the source of everything. He owns it all. See, God owns it all because he has given everything we have to us. And until we recognize where all these resources come from, this idea of stewardship or this idea of being entrusted with so much won't make any sense. And then last week, we looked at this letter U, understanding God's principles. And rapid fire, just to remind you where we were, we looked at the treasure principle. The heart... Follows your treasure so it's an indicator. It tells us you want to know how your heart is look at where your treasure is Where your treasure is your heart will be also. It's not only a litmus test or or an evaluation It's also a tool that you can leverage if you don't like where your heart is If you want your heart to be in another place then place your treasure where you want your heart to be and your heart will follow we looked at another principle, the give and grow principle, that when we give to the Lord, when we are good stewards in giving what He has given to us, we grow spiritually. It takes us deeper in the things of God. We saw a third principle that God calls us to do it now. Don't wait, do it now. And then we also see that there's the eternal impact, that there's things in this earth that that rust will destroy, moth will eat up. It won't last, but you can invest in some things that last forever. And finally, we looked at the first things first principle, understanding that God deserves the first, the best of everything, because he is first, he is the best. And in fact, God is first, whether you and I put him first or not. Kind of like the law of gravity. You don't break the law of gravity, the law of gravity will break you. So you could choose not to put God first, and your choice and my choice isn't going to take God off his throne. He's still first, but he says, hey, I have created you and the world you live in to work best under these principles. Put me first. Follow this way. You will have the best life possible. Well, that's where we've been. But God wants to take us today to looking at surrendering everything to him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you have been teaching us. I thank you for the light bulb that you have turned on about what it means to be a good steward What it means that we are entrusted with so much and what it means that you are calling us to trust you with everything And lord while we're thankful for what you have taught us We don't want to just chew on last week's manna. Would you give us a fresh word from you today jesus? As pastor lane led us lord at the beginning. We know that you want to speak clearly to us today It's not a question if you're going to speak. It's a question if we listen so jesus here we are We're not here to hear a man or to hear a talk or to just buy some time for the next few minutes. But we are here to sit in your presence and hear from you. Your kids are listening. Speak, Jesus. Amen and amen. As we look at this idea of surrendering everything to God, I love it that not only is Jesus our example, but... The Bible is full of story after story, real life stories of how people surrendered everything to God. We're going to look at Abraham's journey of surrender together. And as we look at Abraham's journey, I'm just going to kind of summarize some things for these chapters. We can't read 12 through 22 today, but I'd like you to have your Bible open or your device open and begin to skim it. And maybe later on, go back and get the fine detail in here. What you find in Genesis chapter 12 is that God is calling Abraham. Abram at the time and God calls him and he says I want you to go with me I'm going to take you into a new land. It's going to be different. I want to bless you, but you're going to have to follow me God is calling Abraham And this call in essence could be summarized in a question like this. It's almost like God is asking him Will you trust me with your future? Drop that down. That's your first blank. It's, It's not just what God is asking Abraham. I believe that God is asking us the same things as well. And as we are entrusted with so much, he says, would you trust me with your future? Would you trust me with everything? And everything includes your future. God is saying, Abram, I want to bless you. I want to make you great. I don't want you to surrender to me so I can take things from you. I want you to surrender your future to me. So I can give things bigger and better than what you would ever imagine And this starts this journey that we read of the next couple of chapters And we begin to see a series of tests or encounters that abram has with god And we can begin to see not only what god did there But what I think god wants to do in my life in your life as well and So in genesis 12, we see a, a second test. We see that god is asking abram Will you trust me to protect you? Not only will you trust me with your future but will you trust me to protect you usually when we take a step of faith it's common for things to get a little bit worse not better and god uses the challenges he uses the things of this world to test our faith and he says will you test me to protect you even in this difficult time so here's what happens with abram a famine comes and so he goes down to egypt and as he's preparing to go down to Egypt, he turns to his wife and he says, Sarah, you are beautiful. You are the most beautiful wife ever. And as we go into Egypt, these people are not like at home. They're like ruthless. And when they see beauty, they want it for themselves. And in fact, if, if, if I'm your husband, it's going to be a target on my back. The only thing keeping them from, from you and having you as their wife is, is me. And so if I go as a husband... Maybe there'll be a price on my head. So how about this idea, Sarah? Just, you know, to stay alive. How about we go and you pretend I'm your brother. I'll pretend you're my sister. And so this was the plan. And they they go and they they go down to Egypt and, and Pharaoh sees Sarah. In all of her beauty and takes her into his harem and before he can have his way with her God intervenes and steps in and brings some severe judgment and truth comes out And pharaoh then says to abram. Why didn't you tell me about this? Why did you tell me that she was your sister? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? We see this first test Will you trust me to protect you? Abraham apparently doesn't pass He didn't do very well with this I love this about Abraham's story. There's times when his faith is strong. There's times when it seems like his faith is, is not strong, but God doesn't give up on him. And we begin to see that, that this area of trusting God with everything, one of the things is your future. Another is trusting God to protect you. It leads to Genesis 13. If you turn there and look, you'll see what's happening there in Genesis 13. And, and this question comes out. This is a summary of what God's doing. He basically is asking Abram, will you trust me to provide for you? You see, uh, Lot basically comes to Abram and says, hey, there's not enough room for both of us in this land. Not enough room in the town for the two of us, like an old western. And so Abram, being the older, who has authority, says, okay, Lot, I'll give you your choice. You pick which part of the land you want to live in and I'll take the other. Lot with his greed looked at all the land and he saw the luscious green area and he chose what he thought would be better And he chose the area what was known as sodom and gomorrah He didn't realize all the trouble that would come from that, but he took what he wanted when he wanted it and how he wanted it Abram didn't say I I have to have what I want. I have to get my way. He let lot choose He didn't have to be in control Genesis 13, 14, and 17, this is what we find. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, Lift up your eyes from where you are and look north and south and east and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring. Genesis thirteen sixteen. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you to you you see it looks like that every time that abraham is surrendering in faith to god that god appears to up the ante with a bigger and better blessing and so it looks like he passes this test and he's walking through this idea of surrender he missed it some places but here he's going even farther god is asking abram he's also asking you and me will you trust me to protect you will you trust me to provide for you and leads to Genesis 14, the question, will you trust me with your possessions, with what you already have? It's one thing to not be greedy, like Lot was greedy, but it doesn't have much to do with how you treat what you already own. It's different with what you get, and once you get a lot of it see, by statistics, it's not for every person, but by statistics, most people who have a lot and a lot and a lot, it appears to be harder for them to get more of God. Things are not evil. Wealth is not evil. Money is not evil. But our dependence on it makes it hard for us to see our need for God. This is why Jesus was teaching and says, you know, it's, it's hard for a rich man to, to come in faith and trust to God. And not because the riches are evil, but because his need seems to be met by his own things. And this is a, a test coming to Abram. Will you trust me with your possessions? In chapter 14, five kings get together and decide to attack the other kings down in Sodom and Gomorrah. They come and they wipe them out. Lot and his family and all of his resources are gone. Abram hears about it. And like an action hero, he comes in and takes them out and rescues everyone. So he has defeated them. Now he has the bounty of five kings and also all the wealth of Sodom and Gomorrah. And as he's coming back to a meeting, he offers the king a tenth of all he had. And the king says, just give me the people and keep the goods. But here Abram would not accept it. He didn't want wealth from Sodom and Gomorrah. He didn't want his dependence to be on a source that came from evil. He appeared to pass this test. God is asking Abram, will you trust me to protect you? Will you trust me to provide for you? Will you trust me with your possessions? And then in Genesis 15, we see God is asking, will you trust me to fulfill my promises for you? Genesis 15, 1, here's what we find. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, Your very great reward. After each time that Abram takes a step of faith, God blesses him. Now, Abram has a moment of courage here. And he talks to God in a different way. He steps up with boldness and he says, as the result of this blessing, what will happen, God? Who will receive this blessing? Where will it go? I don't have a son. I need a sign. Who will inherit all this blessing you're telling me about? He says, God, I believe it. I'm trusting in it and I'm asking for it. And then God responds by making a covenant with him. He says, Abraham, look at all the stars. Your offspring will be as numerous as the stars. Abraham believed that God would do it. And God calls him righteous. He was righteous because of his faith in God. He had right living not because of all of his actions. He had right living because he was trusting in God with everything. Trusting God's promises i think that god may have had this in plan for abraham he he may have said you know i'm going to allow some of these things to happen i want you to have trust in me and i'm going to lead you into righteousness by your trust in me and friend i think that may be part of god's plan for you he's asking you to move into some radical steps of trusting him some radical steps of faith trusting that he will make good on his promise and he can take you and grow you into the man or woman that he's called you to be Will you trust God to protect you? Will you trust God to provide for you? Will you trust God with all your possessions? Will you trust him to fulfill his promises? And just like Genesis 16, will you trust God with your time? Will you trust God's timing? Often people say, you know, I I believe in God, I trust God, but he's just so slow. I've got to help him out a little bit. That's what's going on with Sarah, Abraham's wife. God had promised all this offspring, and yet she is old. She's beyond her childbearing years, and they've waited on God. If we wait any longer, it's going to be absolutely impossible. We need to step in. Trust God, Abraham, but, but, but step in. Let's, let's, let's do our own thing. So here's what Sarah says. You know my biological clock is, is ticking. It, it's out of batteries. And so, Abraham, I've been thinking about this. If we're going to have kids, we need to take this into our own hands. We need to take action. So, so here's what I had in mind. You have a maid servant, a young woman. So if you would be intimate with her, if you would lay with her, she, she may conceive a child. And, and as she's your servant, she's it, kind of part of the family. And it, would, it would kind of be your child. And, and this could be an offspring. And we could kind of help God out this way. And, you know, if we wait on God, it will be so long. Maybe we'll, we'll miss it. See, God is asking in this question, will you trust me with your time? Will you trust me in my timing? He's saying, will you be patient? Will you endure? Will you let me lead your time? It's during those moments that it feels like nothing is happening, that God is building something in you. It's those times when you lean into Him, when you cry out to God, when you are desperate for Him, He can do something in you He cannot do any other way. He uses the times when you seem like it's so slow, God. He builds things into you. But Abraham, he failed this test. He didn't he didn't do very well in this one So he goes and he is intimate with his maid servant He lays with her and and she becomes pregnant and then ishmael is born That's a whole other sermon to talk about all the problems that ishmael caused when when they tried to do god's plan Their way it opened up a door of all kinds of problems. That's a whole other thing See this this journey that abraham is on It's a journey of surrendering everything to god and he didn't get it right every time But I love this about god God doesn't look to the angels and say, that Abraham, let's get rid of him. Let's get somebody new. Let's start over. He says, no, I still want to work through you, Abraham. There's consequences for when you don't follow me. And there was problems with Ishmael, but he didn't give up on him. And he says, keep following me. So we see that God asks him again in Genesis 17, another trusting question. Will you surrender everything to me? And here's what he asks basically in that chapter. Will you trust me? What I ask you to do doesn't make any sense, Abraham. I don't know if you felt that or not, but God will ask you in your journey to do some things that you think that won't make much sense. And if you press in and you trust God, he will bless you. But we have to be willing to say, God, I'm going to take your word for it. It doesn't always make sense to me. So here's what God does. He asks Abraham. He says, "You know what? I want to make a covenant with you. I want to seal the deal in a way that is going to be an amazing symbol for us." So imagine being Abraham and here's what God says. God says, "Abraham, I want you to circumcise yourself, all the men and all of the boys." What? What God? Could you could you give me a little instructions here? I I think I think I heard you wrong. Abraham, God, after hearing your instructions, I, I think this is going to hurt. God, yeah, it might. It, it, it might, but, but my covenant with you is worth it. I'm not trying to get too graphic here, but, but friend, think about how strange it would have sounded for Abraham to take this call of God to, to be circumcised and circumcise all the men. But yet, he didn't say, what does this have to do with worship? God, I, couldn't we come up with a different covenant? Let's take plan B. I, I don't know that I want this one. But, but he trusted God even when it most likely didn't make any sense to him. I'm telling you, friend, that God on your journey of faith, when he calls you to surrender everything, at times he will call you to be obedient in ways that seems to make no sense God asked Abraham, and he's asking you and me, will you trust me to protect you? Will you trust me to provide for you? Will you trust me with your possessions? Will you trust me to fulfill my promises? Will you trust me with your time? Will you trust me even when it doesn't make sense? And then we begin to see in Genesis 22, this final exam of a test. Will you trust me with everything and every one in your life? You don't get to a moment like this that we're going to read about or talk about without recognizing your whole life has led up to this great moment of surrender. God makes what sounds to us like an outrageous request. But yet for the culture of that day and the religious activities of that day, it wasn't that bizarre. I mean, it it sounds bizarre, but it wasn't that bizarre for the day. And many religions were sacrificing humans. Many religions were sacrificing uh, humans that, that had great value to them. And so God goes to Abraham and says, Abraham... I want you to take your son, that miracle son, the son that I gave to you that was impossible. There's no way that Sarah could have a child, but I blessed you with a son, and I want you to sacrifice him. I want you to build an altar. I want you to go to the mountain that I tell you to, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. And here we see Abraham's growth. He believed that if God wanted him to sacrifice his son, he knew that God blessed him with this son. That God would do something miraculous. Maybe he'd raise him from the dead. Maybe he would do something. But I'm going to trust God. I knew that when it didn't make sense, I trusted him and it, it went very well. And now I'm going to trust him with everything and every one ultimate trust in God. So he goes on this three-day walk. All kinds of thoughts going through his mind. I don't know for sure, but I would imagine that it's possible that his His great love and hope to have a son. And the gift of the son, maybe little by little, was usurping the role of God as provider in his life. And here, possibly Isaac could become the source of his hope, the source of his confidence, instead of God being the source of his hope. So he finally finds the right spot on the mountain that God leads him to. He builds an altar. He prepares it. He puts the boy on it. And when he brings the knife up to sacrifice his son, God steps in and he provides in the exact Moment that it's needed Friend just like abraham when we surrender everything to god god comes through at the right time his time not ours But the right time The lord said because you have obeyed and not withheld even your beloved son I swear by my own self that I will bless you richly. I will multiply your descendants into countless millions And through your descendants All the nations of the earth will be blessed Think about that all will be blessed because you have obeyed me See when god calls us to risk he means risk It could cost you all that you have But when we take risks with god that he's leading us in we gain all that he has We can never know god in all of his power with all of his love without taking risks with him Risk demands trust, and a trust demands that we depend upon his security, not our security. And that's what it means to walk with the Lord in total surrender. Listen to this thought. It's not how much we have of the world that dictates our generosity toward God, but how much God has of us. And jot that down. It's not how much we have of the world that dictates our generosity toward God, but how much God has of us. Well, I'll be generous. I'll, I'll give. I will share what's been entrusted me when I get enough. Friend, it's not how much you have. It's, it's how much God has of you that breeds generosity in your heart. That's a powerful thought. That's the problem in a nutshell. You see, this teaching, this word from the Lord, it's It's basically, am I going to trust in God or trust in myself to be my source? Am I going to follow His principles and let God have all of me and everything I am, or am I going to hang on to it and do it myself? That's the issue. See, it's not really about even your talent or your time or your treasure. It's about trusting God with everything. Here's what we find. Jeremiah 17, 5 and 6. We see that there are two different people describe two different personalities the one that is independent that doesn't need god and the one that is dependent upon god let's look at the scripture of what talks to us about the independent person cursed is the one who trusts in man who depends on flesh for his strength and whose heart turns away from the lord he will be like a bush in the wasteland he will not see prosperity when it comes he will dwell in the parched places of the desert In a salt land where no one lives. God says if you're going to rely on yourself, you're going to be like tumbleweed just blowing through the desert. Having no roots, no fruit. But then he goes on to say, here's what happens with the dependent person. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream does not fear when heat comes its leaves are always green it has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit now notice the circumstances for both are the same there's still seasons there's still drought there's still storms but the 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 circumstances are the same but the outcome is different because one is depending on the lord and one is depending on themselves pastor brady okay that sounds okay i guess that you know, we should depend on God and, and to hear Abraham's journey. It sounds kind of weird. I mean, he's, he's going to strange places and, and he's taking over kingdoms and God's asking him to do really weird things and, and, then, and then he's sacrificing his son. What in the world does God want me to do with this? I, I, I get what you're saying about, you know, if I'm going to surrender, am I dependent on him or am I independent? But, but Brady, what does God want me to do today? As we look at this in our final moments together, I'm going to ask that our ushers come, and they're going to help pass out something here today. I want you to hold this piece of paper in your hand. It's just an object for us to to have an aha moment, maybe of what God's saying to us. But as they're preparing to bring this to us, I think God would say this. Here's what I want for you. I want you to give me all that you are and all that you have. See, God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. But it doesn't matter how much inventory you take of what you've been given. It doesn't matter how much you understand that God owns it all. It doesn't matter how much that you study and know his principles. If you never come to personally trusting God, stepping out in faith, you'll never walk in righteousness the way that Abraham did. In fact, to be more blunt, everything we've talked about is a waste. It's useless. It's garbage Because it's preparing us to take action and obedience and it starts with surrendering everything to god Another way to say the same thing. I think he would be saying to you and to me today He wants us in faith to say i'm all in As rushers come forward. I want them to hand out to you this piece of paper and I like every person to have one and What you'll find is I think God is asking us, he wants us to sign the blank check. So we're handing out blank checks today. I expect the FBI to call me tomorrow. I know this is kind of strange. And I confess, this piece of paper, I recognize, it's kind of gimmicky. I know that there's no, you know, intrinsic value in this piece of cardstock. But, but I'm a simple guy, and sometimes I need simple things to help me understand the profound truth of God's Word. And that may be helpful for you today, but, but I think here's what God wants from us. He wants this. Now, here's what we're going to do. This is just for you. I'm not going to ask you to give it to me. I'm not going to ask you to give it to your spouse. I'm not going to have you come put it anywhere. This is for you. And simply, as you look at this, you've seen a check before. You've written these. I know we do a lot online now, but you know what it is. It's made out to god. I want you to note this It's not made out. This isn't made out to grace point. It's not made out to brady. It's not made out to your spouse It's not made out to the government It's made out to god. He is the one who has given you everything And the challenge today, I think god wants us In essence, to follow what Abraham did and to to not just surrender one area, one thing to him, but to give him the whole lot, to give him everything. God, I give you my heart. I give you my body. I give you my time. I give you my abilities. I give you my resources. I give you even the good news that you've given to me. I give you my relationships. God, you do with it what you want. And I think maybe God might whisper to you and me and say, why don't you just sign the check? The amount, I'll take care of that. The memo, what it's for, I'll take care of that. Well, God, I mean, I believe in you and all, and I want to trust you. Can't we just start with baby steps? I like FPU more and more. They have six baby steps. God, I don't want to go the whole thing. (laughs) Friend, I've been through FPU. You get there, they're going to have the same teaching. It's all God's. And until we can launch out and say, God, I'm going to trust you with everything, all the other baby steps don't make sense. So here's what I'm wondering, in a simple, kind of gimmicky thing, maybe this could be a response in worship to God. So in a moment, we're going to pray, in a moment we're going to stand, won't be too long after that, we'll get out of here. But in this sacred, holy moment between you and God, responding to his word, I want to invite you, if your heart says, God, I want to give you everything. It's not for me, it's not for your person next to you. I want to invite you in just a second to sign that right there. And as we pray, I'm going to hold mine face up. And and this is going to be my my offering to God in prayer. I'm not going to collect these. This is for you. If if you say, you know what, this sounds good, Brady, I'm not there. I don't want to give God everything. I respect so much. Don't sign it. Don't do it because I'm asking you to. But if this is what God is pressing on your heart... It's not for Grace Point. It's not for Brady. It's not for your spouse. It's not for your person next to you. God, I recognize. I've taken inventory. You've given me so much. It's all yours. I understand your principles, but I can't move forward with you until I give you control. If that's you, sign that with me now and let's let's pray together. I invite you to hold that in your hand. Father God, this piece of paper did not mean much. But Lord, it symbolizes in our heart our, our desire to respond by trusting you with everything you've entrusted to us. Lord, I, I confess that at times I want to be in on the plan. I want to make sure I know all the details before I agree to what you want to do. But Lord, I'm beginning to see... The trusting you with everything surrendering to you sometimes you'll ask me to do things that don't make sense It's not so important that I understand everything. It's important that I'm obedient so lord my brother and sister and I we've We've signed this and we give you complete control From the account of our heart How you want us to steward the resource of our body Our abilities our time our relationships our money The good news of you, Jesus, we give you complete control. Thank you, God, for being worthy of our trust. Thank you for being patient with Abraham. And Lord, as we see things that come to our mind right now where we maybe haven't trusted you in the past, would you remind my brother and sister right now that you're not focused on where they haven't trusted you. You're focused right now on the here and now moment of obedience today. Thank you, Father. For the blessing you pour out on us when we obey you and trusting you with everything. To that we say, amen and amen. Church, here's what I invite you to do. I'm going to take this and I'm going to put this on my bathroom mirror. I told you I'm simple. I need simple things to remind me of what God's doing. I think some of us, we've had an aha moment with God today. And the Lord doesn't want us to forget that. So I encourage you to do that. Just before we go... I had a sister come to me at the beginning of this service and she's just going to share for 120 seconds and we'll stand and dismiss. But as I heard her heart, it was bearing witness with my soul that God is leading her in radical trust, steps of faith, following God in places that may even appear to be uncomfortable, but she wants to move in that direction. and, And as she said, Pastor, I'd like to just share with my church family what God is doing in my heart. I felt the Spirit say, this is right. So in our closing thoughts, I'm going to ask my sister to just share with us what Jesus is saying to you today.
1: This is my last Sunday to share in worship with this church family. I came here, what, two and a half years ago. And um, from the moment I stepped in the door, I felt the warmth of God's Holy Spirit and the warmth of his people within these walls. Every time I have come, I have learned something new to lift me up and encourage me in the next step I must take. When I came here, I was suffering from the woe is me. And I was concentrating on the things I could no longer do that I once did. How weak physically I had become. And how helpless I was to anyone else. But someone here in the church began to share with me, concentrate on the things that you can do. And it changed my world. This church has changed my world into positive thinking that this next step I'm required to take that was not my wishes, I can take in trusting in the Lord. This was not my choice to move to Tennessee But I have family down there who wants me to come and and stay with them. I thought I was here and going to die. I was looking for a cemetery. The one I had was in Florida. So I was on a layaway plan down there. And I was looking for something else here. But God has a new direction for me to go. And I'll tell you the truth right now. I don't know why. I don't even know where I'm going to live. I'm staying with my son until I find a place. But folks, you sing it here. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his words, the very words we've heard today. And may I say this pastor we have here preaches the word of God. And it is in his heart that you receive and understand what it is. And I appreciate his ministry. And I hope you lift him up. And may I say to you today, your next step may not be certain. But you're not going to take it alone. Mm-hmm. That's part of the promises that he has entrusted to us. That we can take him at his word. I want you to know I love him with all my heart. And I don't know what I'm going to be doing or going down there, but I do know I'm going to keep on trusting him. I'm going to keep on loving him. And if it gets any better and better, I don't know what I'm going to do. But praise the Lord, I am not alone. I love you, folks. Some of you I've got to know better than others. But your encouraging words, your smiles, your pat on the back, the shaking of the hand. Keep up the good work. God uses all of our personalities to minister to one another. I do not want to fail him. I do not want to go down there and just sit. But I do want to share God with whoever and wherever i end up
0: amen thank you pastor thank you church will you stand with me father i thank you for my sister her testimony of what you have entrusted to her how you have blessed her with so many things her desire to not hoard them or to sit on them or to bury those blessings but to continue to be active and giving them to others Lord, as she's taking radical faith steps, following you, doesn't always make sense. But you have proven to her over and over again that you are trustworthy. Lord, I thank you for her example today. Lord, I lift up my other brothers and sisters as we take off out of here today. We don't leave these doors. We don't leave these walls needing to know how and when and why everything takes place. But Lord, I thank you for the assurance you have told us, you won't leave us, you won't forsake us, that you are worthy of us trusting you with everything that you have given to us. So it's in your name, Jesus, I say, let it be so, again and again and again. Amen and amen.